What's up, dogs? You're stepping into the dugout of the Dodger Dogs podcast. I'm Christian Cruz, your host. This podcast will be diving into Dodger baseball news, game and series recaps, stats, and much more from a fan's perspective. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And for more news, uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at the Dodger Dogs or Instagram at the Dodger Dogs podcast. You can also email me at the Dodger Dogs podcast at gmail.com. For those of you who want a little more information on the statistics used in baseball and a quick reference check, uh, check out episode two uh, where I give a general breakdown of the common statistical categories used in baseball and what they mean. So let's take a trip around the diamond. Baseball is back. All right. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about the first Cactus League game, giving a spring training update and forecastings the boys in blue need to do this year to make a run at a World Series championships. So let's just dive in. Um, Cactus League game one was yesterday. Uh, what a start to 2024. Running, uh, basically ran out two pitchers for the Padres in the first inning. They did not... Um, uh, at least the first pitcher, Musgrove, didn't even collect one run. So the Cactus League play uh, was a 14-1 win over the San Diego Padres. Gavin Stone got through a perfect inning with one strikeout. And his uh, stuff look, looks crazy good. I mean, it's just amazing so far. He, he was like that last year also. So I think uh, hopefully this year he got a little bit more uh, experience under his belt. But he looks solid. I mean, he looked like someone he could be in the rotation today. Uh, so looking good. Uh, Chaoscar Hernandez, uh, Dodger uh, fans got a good look at him uh, today for the first time with nobody out in the first inning. Uh, he, had, he hit a ground rule double that put the Dodgers up to nothing. Kind of opened up the uh, floodgates at that point. Uh, Chris Owings then connected for a two-run ground rule double as well. So that added another uh, two-spot onto that um, right, right at the get-go. Uh, Michael Grove also struck out a batter in his uh, lone inning of work. So Michael Grove is one of our younger guys uh, that we were hoping to, to make some kind of uh, inroads with him this year, so looking to see how he does. But he struck out a batter in his lone inning of work uh, today. Um, RBI singles from Travis uh, Swaggerty and Drew Avins. Jose Ramos ripped a two-run double into left field and Cody uh, uh, House as well. And so that's all to say that we had a lot of uh, people that we know, uh, you know, everyday names, and then we had a lot of uh, guys in the minors that kind of came in and did some pretty good work against the Padres. So happy to see that happen in the first game. I mean, the in the first two innings, the Dodgers scored eight runs. Uh, ended up being a 14-1 uh, route of them. So looked pretty good so far. So good for the very first game of the year. I think it was a great start. If you looked into the dugout of the Padres, the Padres looked like they basically brought their entire squad. Not just minor leaguers, but major leaguers. Everybody seemed to have been there. So it was pretty crazy uh, to see that as well. Um one to just kind of highlight really quickly, uh, Gavin Lux did uh, uh, also play in this game. So at Peoria, if uh, many of you remember, he got hurt, but he actually got hurt at Peoria in in uh, uh, Arizona, uh, that kind of running the bases from second to third. That's where he kind of uh, messed up his leg, his, uh, his knee. Uh, so it was good for him just to kind of get that monkey off his back and just kind of think through and just go out there and just play. So uh, he was a DH. For, uh, he, had a, uh, he was a DH for two with a single. Uh, so he hit for two with a single, a walk, and a run scored. So he was actually really solid. So I'm happy to to see that he did uh, very well. Uh, his first game back basically in about 300 and almost 400 games or, or 400 days or so. So that's uh, the, the very first game of the year. Uh, as of this recording, they're playing uh, today as well. Uh, Freeman, I believe, is going to be in the lineup today too. We also heard that Shohei Otani uh, is probably going to be in the Cactus League uh, game sometime next week. 
We still haven't seen Yamamoto, but I fully expect him to be uh, some at some point pitching in the Cactus League as well. Um, so that's kind of it from from the first game in terms of the Cactus League game. Uh, so great start, awesome, happy to see that uh, happen, and hopefully we get a couple more um, uh, good uh, good games out of this. Uh, but just so everybody uh, knows, and just kind of dial it back a little bit, is it's still spring training. A lot of guys are just going out there trying to track the ball. Trying to put the bat on the ball, just seeing what where they need to improve. Uh, a lot of the pitchers, even Musgrove, who looked really bad for the Padres, is just out there trying, maybe trying new stuff, looking to see what's working for him this year versus what didn't work for him last year. So I wouldn't put a whole lot on in terms of like, wow, they completely blew him out there so much better. I had, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think the the managers for both clubs are looking into uh, many different things. The, the players are looking at different things to try out before uh, games really do count. So I would say awesome. This is a great start to the year, but it's also, it's not, it doesn't really matter. It's not a big game. It's just really to get some of these younger kids in there, getting some uh, looks at them with the rest of the club as well and kind of uh, gauging those dynamics. So just want to level set everybody there. Uh, so let's just dive into the spring training. Um, according to Fabian Aradaya at the Athletic, Tyler uh, Glassdown and uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto are expected to pitch in Korea. Uh, Dave Roberts confirmed that they would be both taking at least one of those games on. So uh, not sure who's going to go for the first game. Probably Yamamoto, but not 100%. It could be Tyler Glasnow. Either way, we're going to have our two ace pitchers uh, starting off the season in Korea. Uh, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, Otani is looking to uh, take a 50 at-bats this year in terms of spring training is concerned. So when he talks about 50 at-bats, it's not just in the spring training games themselves. It's actually just at-bats in terms of batting practice as well. Uh, and also in the uh, in the backfields, uh, just taking swings. This is a mark he actually set for himself. Uh, Dave Roberts talked a little bit about it. But he, I, it probably goes back to his time with um, playing just ball here in the United States and in, in Japan as well. Uh, just that 50 kind of at-bats to kind of get him ready to go and just uh, kind of tweak things and make sure that he's up to speed. Um, I don't put anything on that. I think he really just wants to get to that 50 number and just kind of uh, as a watermark for him as he goes into the year. So looking pretty good so far. Um, as far as everybody's uh, said, um, he should be ready to go uh, for the start of the year. And we should see him in, in at least one game this year in the Cactus League. But even if he doesn't, it's okay. I don't see any major issues. It's going to be a long year, so I think a lot of it also is gauging to make sure that he's fully healthy and he's going to be able to make it through the year into the playoffs as well. Uh, Yamamoto took his second uh, live batting practice and went about two innings, and his stuff, his stuff looks just amazing. I mean, it's it's filthy. Uh, some of his uh, his uh, uh, pitches are, are just out of this world. I think this is exactly why um, a lot of teams, including the Dodgers, uh, including the Phillies, Everybody was high on him. New York was high on him. They were willing to pay him that $325 million contract. So that, to me, says a lot in terms of like what he's looking at now. His teammates seem to be uh, clapping um, after each bullpen session at this point, just in terms of how filthy his stuff is. It just looks amazing. Uh, but I do want to temper um, expectations. Uh, since 2017, he's had a career uh, ERA of 172, which is the best in the MPB, better than any uh, other Japanese pitcher coming out of the MPB in Japan. But MLB is much more talented through the one through nine hitters. Um, they also play a lot more games. It's also a shortened uh, week for the pitchers themselves. So he's used to pitching on a on a kind of a weekly basis, so kind of a six man rotation. Uh, whereas in MLB, the major leagues, he's looking to probably pitch every five days. So less rest for him, more games, certainly a better talent across the board. But uh, in terms of what I'm thinking here, um, I would say through half the first 
history. So you're, you're probably going to get, uh, I think, a 2.20 ERA. Uh, a lot of people haven't even seen him just yet. Um, so he's probably going to be able to put some stuff out there and they're not going to know what to do with it. Um, as, uh, batters kind of start inching closer to what is, uh, what he's showing and catching up to the kind of pitches and, and, uh, things that he's doing in terms of the mound and, uh, pitch selection and things like that and try and basically figuring out how he likes to do certain things and getting trends out of him. Uh, I think his ERA is going to inch up a little bit, not, not a whole ton. Um, I would probably say somewhere in the range by the end of the year, it'll be somewhere around 2.80 ERA, still winning the rookie of the year, still very good. Even if it goes into the threes, I'm not too worried. I think it's still going to take him a little while to acclimate. Uh, but bottom line is, every major league uh, baseball team is very talented. They're going to have uh, people out there that are supposed to be in the majors, playing in the majors with the exception of maybe one ball club up in the Bay Area that you know, is unfortunately having some some down years. But at the end of the day, I think um, he's still going to be the pitcher we fully expect him to be. I still think he's going to throw a really good ERA. I really don't think he's going to touch that 1.72 ERA that he had throughout his career. But that doesn't mean he can't. Uh, you never know what surprised me, but I would say you're going to hear it here first. 2.20 uh, through the first half after the uh, break and into the uh, playoffs, he's probably going to be looking at a 2.80 ERA. Um, also just wanted to touch base a little bit on, uh, uh, and pun it as intended there. I do want to touch base, uh, but in 2024, there are some notable rule changes. Um, so the widening of the runner's lane to include the dirt between the foul line and the infield grass is one of them. So they're basically just widening the pass for runners to kind of run through so that they're not basically running into the, into the, uh, into the first baseman. Um, so they're allowing runners to have a little bit more leeway. The way they're looking at it is, uh, dirt good, grass bad. So if you're on the grass, it's you're gonna be uh, obstruction or you're gonna be out of the lane. Um, but if you're in the dirt, you're you're good. So and they're widening that area. So that that's a good thing. Um, the other more notable one, something that was a big deal last year, it's kind of a still a big deal this year. Pitchers have acclimated to it is the pitch clock allotment. It will be reduced from uh 20 seconds to 18 seconds with runners on base. So basically, um, if there's a runner on base, you're only gonna get 18 seconds. Um to grab the ball and, and get it out of your hand and, and pitch it. The pitch clock will remain at 15 seconds with no runners. So again, the normal pitch clock until someone gets on base is 15 seconds. That's still going to stay the same. What they're trying to do is just minimize how long a pitcher has when someone is on base to two, two seconds uh, less. It's not going to have a huge impact. I think um, the terms in terms of the average, most pitchers got the ball out within seven seconds, so it shouldn't impact them very much. It's going to shorten the game up for sure. I think um, that's probably the one of the things that they're trying to do is squeeze as much of the game as, as possible and as fast as possible in terms of the time. So if you're all going to the ball game, don't be late is really what it comes down to. Where you used to be able to get there in the second inning, you're probably going to get there in the fourth inning now because the uh, game moves so much much faster. So I would say if you're going to go to a ball game, get there early, get there before the first pitch just to be on the safe side. Um, the other thing that's going to change is the mound visits will go from five to four throughout the game. So each ball club gets uh, five uh, mound mids, uh, visits last year. This year is going to go to four, although uh, an extra mound visit will still be awarded for the ninth inning. So if a team doesn't have any more mound visits, but they go into the ninth, they're going to get awarded at least one more mound visit. So it's all one of those things they could go and talk to the pitcher, try and like fix things and, and try and let them know what the, the game plan is for the next uh, batter. Uh, so they're going to be allowed to do that. Uh, but only if the defensive team has uh, zero remaining visits. So, if, for example, you have your four-mile visit, you use three of them, you still have one remaining, they're not going to give you an additional one in the ninth if you are if you still have one in your pocket. So that's how it's going to go. 
Um, I'm going to take a quick little break here. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to jump into my uh, weekly segment of What Cracks My Bat. Catch you in a bit. All right, I'm back. Uh, so you know what really cracks my bat? Teams and fan bases still complaining about hoarding the wealth and using the money saved to go after free agents. And the Dodgers are ruining baseball because they're outspending per uh so so to me that that's still ongoing and I just kind of want to just it really cracks my bat. I'm gonna say right now this is just ridiculous. So per a report from uh Philadelphia from Philadelphia Inquirer, the Phillies offer Yoshinobu Yamamoto more than the $325 million he eventually signed for with the Dodgers. So it's not a knock on other cities, but there's a reason why LA is a city of champions. Why Mookie, Freeman, Otani, Yamamoto, why they all decided to sign with the Dodgers. It's not buying a ring. Just an FYI, any team can do the same. Clubs are basically run by billionaires, so they have the money. The Dodgers spent the money saved up from the last three years. They were fiscally responsible. They decided not to go into these crazy contracts a few years back just so that they could make a run at some of these uh, free agents. And so for people to say that they're buying a ring doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. This is professional sports. The Dodgers spent the money saved up. Uh, they didn't go into these huge contracts. They still are have to pay a luxury tax. So on top of it, they're, they calculated. They're willing to put out these contracts, pay these players, and still pay the luxury tax. That's just the way it is. It was, it's a, it was a calculated move by the executive team over at the Dodgers to do this. And just for newsflash, every team ever in the common era has paid for a championship. What do y'all think before 24 uh, players played for peanuts or something? I call PC, poppycock, on those teams. Teams and fan paces didn't bat an eye when Trey Turner, Harper, Judge, Stanton, Seager, DeGrom, they all got hoarded by their, their ball clubs. You know, that's at least two per each of these teams Major contracts, big-time contracts. Those teams didn't stop uh, there. They paid for more talent to win a championship. They traded. They, ba they bamboozled people. They did what they needed to do. They scraped up to put these teams together. So it's not just the Dodgers. Just so you all remember, they are professional players. They are there, and they're getting paid millionaires, millions and millions of dollars. The Dodgers aren't buying a team, eh, buying a championship. Every team buys a championship. Every team pays their players a lot of money to go win. Period. Nonsense. But I'm going to still get it and break it down for y'all. Because I just want to let it kind of lay out a little bit in terms of like what this all means in terms of the contracts. Yes, the Dodgers spent a lot of money. Yes, the Dodgers spent $1.2 billion. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why one of them was worth $700 million Because he could play on both sides of the ball. Defensive, offensively. And in terms of being a pitcher, he's a top-end pitcher. So he's you're paying the guy twice, basically. That's what it is. You're paying a pitcher $300 million for almost Cyan quality, and you're paying a batter that's almost an MVP kind of batter. So, yes, you're going to pay that kind of money. That's what the market sets itself. But I'm going to still break it down. The Phillies paid Trey Turner and, uh, and Bryce Harper. Trey Turner signed an 11-year, $300 million contract. Harper signed a 13-year, $330 million contract. And again, they tried giving Yamamoto much more than the Dodgers did. So had they completed that, they would have had a super team just like the Dodgers do. So that's the Phillies. Let's go to the Rangers. The Rangers paid big to get Seager and DeGrom. Corey Seager got a 10-year deal, $325 million contract with, te with the Texas Rangers, including a $5 million sign signing bonus, okay? That is 
a ton of money for one guy. Jacob deGrom also uh, got paid by the Rangers for a five-year, $185 million deal. Huge money. On top of that, they went after some big names. They went after Scherzer. They got Scherzer. They went after Verlander. You know, they went after some of these uh, other agents. Even though, like, Verlander's a top-tier guy, they they were going after all these guys. So don't, don't tell me that. They ended up getting Scherzer. So at the end of the day, they're all doing the same thing. Nothing more than the Dodgers did. The difference is the Dodgers paid the market price for those two free agents, period. The Yankees, let's go to the Yankees. The, Yan the Yankees paid Judge and Stanton. Aaron Judge got paid for nine years, $360 million. John Carlos Stanton got 13 years, $325 million. That's not including some of these other guys that they paid. You know, uh, Garrett Cole, another one, got paid by the Yankees. So this whole thing just... It's just ridiculous. They're not paying for a championship. They're paying for free agents to elevate the team to get to the point of winning a championship. End of story. In short, stop your complaining. Stop your whining. Stop your wham, wham, whambulance. And hold your owners and management accountable for not making the moves. That's all I got to say. And that's what cracks my back. All right. I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but I do want to go into uh, a kind of... A Dodgers versus Rangers, kind of where they stand in terms of like the World Series champions versus the Dodgers uh, throughout the year. The statistics, um, were they as good as the Rangers? Were the Rangers uh, just flying under the radar nobody really noticed? Was the Dodgers fool's gold? I really wanted to just kind of go through the, the numbers uh, for the whole year and break it down and see like, you know, were the Dodgers really that bad as they went into uh, Arizona and, and got beat? Um I don't think so. I'm, I actually make the case that they were as good, if not better, than the Rangers, uh, even when they made that run. Um, I'm also going to break down the Dodgers pitching versus the Rangers pitching over the year and in the playoffs. And kind of what generally what I thought uh, in terms of what they need to fix, um, or not even fix, but just kind of like uh, acknowledge it and try and go out there and, and plug some holes in there um, for this year to to make a real run at the World Series. So I'm going to leave that for next time because it's I want to dive into really some detailed um, numbers here. Uh, but thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you all giving uh, your 20 minutes of your day up today. Uh, so if you can, just please feel free uh, uh, to subscribe. Thanks for joining me on the Dodger Dogs podcast. And don't, and don't forget, it is truly blue heaven on earth when you live, eat, and breathe Dodgers baseball. Let's go Dodgers.